Thank you, everyone, for joining me on the uh, Snow Magazine podcast today. I have uh, three actual guests today. Usually we have a, a single guest, but uh, I'm very excited about having these individuals on. I, I came across uh, their names and their organization um, uh, just doing some reading. Uh, they're a local publication on the East Coast had done some an article about the impact of road salt on the local environment. These individuals were interviewed for the story. And I was very impressed with what they had to say. And I was more impressed with the fact that they were dedicated towards studying uh, a lot of these issues that we talk about in the commercial uh, snow and ice management community. And so I want to welcome uh, Donna Shea, who's the executive director of the T2 Center at the University of Connecticut. And T2 stands for Training and Technical Assistance. Mary McCarty, uh, she's the training director at T2 and James Mahoney. He's the executive director of the Connecticut Advanced Pavement uh, Laboratory at the University of Connecticut. And he's also an instructor in the Green Snow Pro program. Very delighted to have you guys on and to share kind of your story and your mission with the professional contractor community and to hopefully to see if there are resources available that they can take advantage of to help become more proficient and how they're using uh, rock salt on commercial properties, as well as, you know, training possibilities, research possibilities. So that's why. So uh, I guess, Donna, uh, you being um, the executive director of the T2 Center, I'll let you take uh, uh, first step. Tell me a little bit about yourself, a little bit about how the history of the T2 Center and, and, and what, what's your mission? Hi, Michael. Thanks so much. Yes, we are delighted to be with you today. Both Jim, Mary, and I are part of the Connecticut Transportation Institute at the University of Connecticut. We are a fully grant funded program uh, for educational outreach, uh, technical assistance, and Jim handles the research in our pavement laboratory. We've been here for next year, it'll be 40 years. And Mary and I have been here 20 of those 40 years. Um, our mission really is to provide training and technical assistance to municipalities and to state DOT employees. But I will say that when it comes to winter operations, um, we're really hoping that um, in Connecticut and through New England, um, that we can bring the private uh, professional contractors into that and those applicators into that a mix of folks that we can help down the road. Um, I really think that, you know, I, I should say what's really interesting about the T2 Center is that we're one of 51 centers in the country. So there's one of us in each state that is funded through a federal program. Uh, we're funded in the transportation bill actually. So part of our funding is through the Federal Highway Administration and the other half is through our, our DOTs in each of our states. So what's really wonderful is that we share best practices and education throughout the country. Um, as we build things in each state, we learn from each other. Not long ago, uh, Mary and Jim uh, came together looking at some work that was being done through our New Hampshire colleagues, and it was their Green Snow Pro program. Sustainable winter operations um, is more important than ever, and all of us are part of the opportunity to be a solution uh, to issues in the environment, um, cons the constraining budgets, the high cost of salt. Salt is with us, um, as Jim will tell you, I'm sure in a few minutes. Um, salt is the opportunity that we have to fight uh, winter operations. So we have to use it sustainably. Um, and since we're all part of the issue, the municipalities and the states and the private applicators are all part of um, the issue, we should all be part of the solution. 
Um, and that's why Connecticut's working toward developing that a similar green snow pro uh, certification program, if we can. We already do education for municipalities in this area. And more than half, probably at this point, Mary, are we even up to around close to 60 towns that have um, participated in the program voluntarily? So the towns are coming to the table and we're really hoping down the road, Michael, that uh, we'll be able to add some additional grant funding to be able to broaden it to our private applicators as well, because we really think us all coming together is the way to address this issue. Mary, do you want to talk a little bit about the Green Snow Program? Sure. Um, since 2018, we've been offering uh, educational sessions to the municipalities, um, and we focus that class on sustainable snow fighting. Uh, we talk about the environmental impacts. We talk about how the different chemicals work, and then we uh, spend quite a bit of time sharing best practice, lessons learned um, from those who've been at it for a while. We talk about application rates. We do a sander calibration demonstration. Um, all those different tips and tools that are available to the towns to improve their operations and reduce their salt usage. Uh, Jim, tell me a little bit about yourself and your, your mission at the uh, Pavement Laboratory. I guess this is also a question uh, for Mary as well, but how long has that Green Snow Program been uh, active? And um, if you could tell me a little bit about that as well, James. Sure. To answer your first question, the Green Snow Pro, we started that in 2018. And we've been running it every year since. Uh, we run several sessions throughout the course of the year. So we've, I don't remember how many sessions we're up to, but we've probably done close to a dozen of them or so. Um, as, as to myself, I am a research engineer who specializes in pavement, pavement operations, pavement maintenance, things of that nature. I've also done a lot of research into de-icing operations, winter operations, and looked at the impacts of salt on the infrastructure, the, pa the pavement itself, vehicles, the environment, things along that line. So we've done a lot of research over the years looking at that, and it is an area of interest to me. Um, looking at it now, it is becoming more and more evident that we need to be more cognizant of what we're doing and try to zero in on being the most effective with the least amount of material necessary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We've, uh, I know we've begun to see that over re the recent years, uh, maybe the last four or five years. As far as I know, I first started to notice research coming out of universities in the Great Lakes region who were beginning to notice that um, uh, their waterways were becoming uh, salinated, that it was impacting the local flora and fauna. But it is sort of a catch-22, right? I mean, rock salt for winter pavement maintenance, both on the commercial side and the highway side, it's, it's highly effective but it's also very easy to abuse and very easy to overuse. And it's crazy that we've really, we've only been reusing rock salt for like the last, what, 50, 60 years uh, in, in large amounts like that to combat uh, ice in slippery conditions in the winter. And that we started to have a profound effect on the local environment. What are some of the things you're beginning to see on the highway side that is beginning to, what, what, what are they doing there that is, begin, that is successful in curbing the amount of rock salt that's being used in the winter? There are several techniques that are being used that one of them in, involves the pretreatment of the roads in the winter before a storm comes. You'll see the lines on the road where there's brine, uh, rock salt brine applied to the roadway. Uh, where that material is sprayed a day or two in advance, it dries 
and that salt stays down in the pavement and it prevents the snow and ice from bonding to the pavement. Therefore, at the end of the storm, it's much easier to clean up the roads and get them back clear faster with less de-icing chemical used. That's a really big, valuable tool is getting material down in advance so that you prevent that bond from happening. And that's one of the big things that's happening within the, like on both the municipal side and hopefully we can move that towards the private side as well. In addition to that, um, pre-wetting of the salt is also a really important thing because in order for rock salt to work, we need it to be in a brine. We need it to be diluted in water, dissolved in water. So therefore, by applying the water as we are applying the salt, or in some cases, some of the salts are treated, which pull moisture out of the air, we are expediting the melting process and therefore it's happening at a much faster rate. And therefore, again, the faster it works, the less we need and so on and so forth. So it has a trickle down effect that at the end of the day, we can get away with less rock salt being applied all, all around. Do you feel that the technology is available, not necessarily on the equipment side, because I know a lot of the manufacturers um, have really been bringing some state-of-the-art things to the, to the equipment side, but on the, I guess on the technical side, because in order to do, especially brining correctly, you need to do, you know, uh, pavement temperatures and, you know, surrounding air temperature. There's a lot of science that goes into it as well. Have you seen, or you have a, a opinion, has the technology begun to caught up on or catch up, you know, what is necessary to do this the right way to make it easier for the guys who are out in the field, whether they're on the highways or in a commercial lot? Most definitely, the technology is becoming less and less expensive. So you can buy a handheld temperature infrared gun to measure the temperature, surface temperature of the pavement for under a hundred bucks, mm. um, whereas those things used to be thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. So with, there's many different things that that are available now that just weren't available um, not that not that long ago, or they were incredibly expensive and cost prohibitive. Whereas now it's fairly commonplace to be able to have these things available. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to flip to the, uh, to the education side for a minute. And I want to ask the, the group when the departments come to you for educational needs, what are exactly are they looking for? Are they looking for more technical, you know, the science behind how this works and um, educating their, their crews on that, or is it more basic application and application strategy? Where have you begun or where have you seen the need and where have you focused your efforts um, with developing curriculum? Sure, I'll take that one. I think when, when we go through the curriculum development process, we take a look at kind of all of those things. They need to have some technical understanding of what's going on behind the scenes to to create the issue. And then they need to know some ways, some solutions, some opportunities that they have enable, in order to be able to um, address the issue. So for Green Snow Pro uh, or any of our sustainable winter operations training, we provide a little bit of everything. You know, we get feedback from our pilot groups when we're first putting um, a program together. We reach out to the community to identify what those issues are. And truthfully, everybody has a different focus that, they, that they're targeted. They might have a different level of understanding of the issue. So they want to know what um, you know, the latest and greatest technology is. Or they might just be starting out. So when we do our classes, we try to have a little bit of something for everyone mm -hmm. um, so that they can get the technical side, they can get the lessons learned, they can learn from each other. Um, and walk away with something that they can try to make change with. Mm -hmm. Do you also, as part of your program, and I ask this because 
on the uh, commercial side, and I'm not 100% sure what the equivalent is on the highway side, but on the commercial side, the huge fear is slip and fall claims. And, and the expense that goes on with that and the headache with getting insured and, and how one slip and fall even, you know, can be devastating to your winter ops. And training is one of the things that um, really good comprehensive training uh, is one of the ways to fight uh, a slip and fall claim, especially a bogus slip and fall claim, which you know, seems to happen more often than a, a legit slip and fall. And so, so I asked that question because I was curious if departments come to you and ask you to help them develop a training program. Uh, we do occasionally get requests for custom training. Um, most of our classes can be customized to a certain level. For instance, with the Sandra calibration demonstration portion of the Green Snow Pro program, uh, we have the flexibility to calibrate different pieces of equipment. You know, we've, we've done classes where we've uh, talked more about the driving techniques um, and the plowing techniques and focused more on mechanical. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it depends on, on what it is. Uh, being that our audience is primarily municipal, they aren't as focused on the liability issue. Mm -hmm. They're focused on best practice mm -hmm. and just making sure that they are um, good environmental and fiscal stewards for their communities. So, you know, we try to have a variety of information for them so that they can improve their operations on, on multiple levels. Donna, I would like to ask you, I know we had talked a little bit in the beginning about right now, primarily your work is being focused on the highway side, but there is opportunity to perhaps open it up to the commercial side as well and, and, and maybe meet some of the needs of the commercial contractor when it comes to training. And my guess is that for you to pr proceed with that, you would have to show need. So what, what can contractors do to get involved with your program and show that there's a need out there for that sort of training, that the training you provide right now is easily transferable and adaptable to the commercial side? You know, how can they get involved? How can they begin to show you that there's that need so you can begin to bring those programs to the other side of the uh, snow and ice management? Sure, that's a great question. And I think one of the things I should talk about briefly is the work being done in the legislature in Connecticut. The Environment Committee is really focused on this issue and particularly around contamination of our drinking wells and the environmental impacts of salt on the roadways. So they are really looking at the opportunity to prepare some legislation in the next session that would engage this entire community, including the private applicators. And one of the things that New Hampshire did in their Green Snow Pro legislation is to provide for liability protection of the private applicators as a part of the, um, the laws around the, the certification program. And that's what we're looking at too, whether Connecticut will follow in that path and that you know, encouraging the private applicators to stay connected to this work on the legislation, I think is important. Mm -hmm. um, two things, keeping connected to how the legislation is moving forward but then also coming together with us afterward to build curriculum around their special you know, needs. Because you know, Mary just attended yesterday a wonderful training on parking lots and, and um, sidewalks, that, you know, very specific to the needs of, of the private applicator audience. Yep. So I think that there's lots of opportunities to come together with us. And right now we're working with the legislators to try to see what we can do to advance this issue and make it easier for the private applicators to be able to do the 
right thing and have best practices without those considerable uh, slip and fall kind of concerns. And I think that that's a way for us to, and, you know, and be a, be a part of the dialogue with our senators that are as we move forward. There was a, uh, a private contractor who's interested in following up on that. How can they best contact you to learn not only more about your program, but sure. to also maybe, you know, get involved or, or to ask questions or learn more about what, the le- what you're doing on the legislative side? Oh, absolutely. They can contact me directly. Um, our emails are easy here. It's donna.shea at uconn.edu. Um, so they're welcome to contact me. Uh, we're a part of a kind of a statewide working group. Um, so we can, we're working with our Department of Environmental Protection and our DPH, our you know, public health group, and another group here at UConn that focuses on environmental land use issues. So there's lots of us that are joining the conversation. Um, so I would look forward to uh, the opportunity to speak to, to someone. And I think it's important to know that we are part of a national community. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even if they're not in Connecticut, you know, we can, uh, we're happy to steer them in the direction of their T2 center in their state, which might be called an LTAP. We're part of a, a local technical assistance program group. But yeah, we would be delighted to talk. With you. Uh, and Mary, you said for those contractors in, in and around Connecticut and New England who uh, may uh, be tapping into what you do on training, how can they best get in touch with you to learn more about the resources uh, you could provide, maybe even on the uh, commercial side? Uh, sure. Yeah. Any questions on training can certainly be directed to me. Um, it's mary.c.mccarthy, because there's several of us at the university. <laughs> so mary.c.mccarthy at uconn.edu. And James, uh, I know you had mentioned before, I wanted to just briefly talk to you. You'd mentioned that you also are involved in research. And I was wondering if you can talk a little bit about maybe what you're looking at right now, what you're researching, and what those results may mean for um, snow and ice managers, both on the highway side and the commercial side. And also, is um, the research readily available for contractors to, um, to read up on and maybe learn some things that they can then apply to their own practices? Yeah, I mean, our, our, our most recent project was with the Connecticut Academy of Science and Engineering. Um, a few, it goes a few years back. Things, COVID kind of screwed up a lot of things. Um, <laughs> looking at that, I mean, we, there's an awful lot of good information in there about techniques, ways we can reduce our salt usage, the alternatives that everybody thinks are going to be the silver bullet that saved the day that realistically are very expensive in comparison to regular uh, rock salt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's an awful lot. That's a Connecticut Academy of Science Engineering winter operations study. Um, that was the le- last thing that we had published um, on this information. We're currently looking at trying to compare some of the data going forward and seeing if there's differences between um, as we move forward and everybody's more aware of the salt usage issue. Um, we're trying to get some of that data and it's obviously a little harder to get um, because it's not re- most of it's not readily available, but we're working on it and we will have some more information as it happens. Mm-hmm. And is um, some of this data available uh, maybe on your website and whatnot if uh, contractors wanted to access it and, and read up on it? trying to think if the I can't remember if the case report is on our report on our website or on their website um that's a good question (laughs) (laughs) well how about this how about which what's a good way to get in touch with you uh in case anybody has any questions i'd like to follow up on um or even research ideas (laughs) 
Right. I'm happy. I'm always happy to talk to people about research ideas. <laughs> the easiest way following the pattern of everybody else, it's james.mahoney at uconn.edu. Fantastic. And I'm happy to talk to anybody about that. Great. Well, hey, thank you all, uh, Donna and Mary and James, for joining me today on the podcast. I look forward to uh, getting together with you again in the future to talk more about what we're seeing on uh, on pavement de-icing and pavement, uh, winter pavement practices um, and sharing a little bit of that knowledge to help better, um, better instruct our uh, contractors out there.